You're listening to Seeing the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made. Probably for good reason. This episode kicks off our Double Impact season, where we're reviewing an original film and creating a sequel, and then a follow-up remake and creating a sequel from that. The film we've chosen this week is the cult classic The Wicker Man from 1973, directed by Robin Hardy and starring Christopher Lee and Edward Woodward. And, as ever, alongside me, three men. Oh God! Oh Jesus Christ, no! I've got Al, I've got Joe, and I've got John. Welcome back, guys, and welcome back to the first of our new season, Double Impact. So we're taking an original film, and we're going to create a sequel for that, and then we're going to take the remake of an original film in the next episode and create a sequel to that. What are the differences? What are the pros? What are the cons? Well, we're going to dissect it. And what better way than with Halloween to go straight in to what I think is probably the greatest British film ever made, bit of a cult classic, The Wicker Man, 1973. Um, Usually we kick off with the boys and we go around the room, but this one is slightly uh, personal to me. I think the first time I saw The Wicker Man, I think like a lot of people, it gets under your skin. For me, it it just came at the right point in my life. I'm a huge movie obsessive, as much as I am... um, a music obsessive. So straight away, the soundtrack got under my skin. And then you start digging into it. As you know, The Wicker Man has been cut many, many times. And about 10, 15 years ago, the director's cut came out, which sort of reimagined the film in the right storyline with new footage. And although the footage wasn't the best quality, we got a view as to how the film should have looked. The film version we've chosen this week to watch is The Final Cut. Uh, Commode, there's a great Commode documentary on The Wicker Man on YouTube, but um, when it was first released, it was released, they didn't, the studio didn't know what to do with it, so they put it back to back on a B-movie with Don't Look Now. I would have loved to go gone to the cinema to see those two films back to back. And rumour has it, that a lot of the uh, extra film reels are now buried under the M3. Fascinating, is what? it? Wait a minute. What, so what was the B-movie? Don't, don't look now. That was when the B-movie. When it went to America, because uh, it's a British Lion film, when Robert Hardy presented it, they didn't, Robin Hardy, they didn't know what, what on earth do you do with The Wicker Man? Imagine you're a studio house. What's your film about? You're going to love this. Policeman goes to an island. The island natives are a bit pagan. They burn him. Right. They didn't know what to do with it, so they marketed it back to back. Yeah, yeah but I would have thought, I, I don't know, I would have thought this was more of the B-movie. Anyway, carry on. Sorry, mate. What, what, yeah, so that's why it was cut so much. It was cut so much for American audiences, and then that's why there are loads of different qualities of print about, which is why when you watch the final cut where um, Lord Summer Isle is going to Willow's window, the quality shifts because it's, a, it's, an, it's the only version of film of they've got of that scene that they had to embed into this film to make it follow the original. Because the original narrative, he meets Willow in the first film that was um, released, the one sort of general release, he meets Willow on the first night. But in this version, he meets her on the second night. And that's crucial because of this new footage that was found, which was the director's cut. The final cut, I think, shaves off about 10 minutes of it. But the same storyline narrative exists when it's, it's two nights. So... That's why. Anyway, I love this film. I won't go into it anymore. Let's go around the room. Al, The Wicker Man. Don't ruin it for me. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin it for you. Um, yeah, yeah, of course, it had a big impact to me. I was late. I was pretty late to the party. Um, I didn't. I didn't. hadn't seen this while I was studying film at university. I don't know why. Heard of it. Knew about it. Probably one of those things that just for some reason, like the you know, like the cover of the DVD didn't particularly appeal to me, or never got round to it. 
wasn't until I was um, staying with some mates when I first moved to London. I was like sofa surfing at their place, and um, I met a, a mate of mine called Andy, Andy Bennett. Uh, shout out to Andy Bennett, a big big movie fan, and um, he uh, he insisted I watch it, and he had the DVD. And I think it was as simple as the fact that it finally ended up getting put on was as simple as that. We looked looked to the back of the DVD one night, and it was like a one hour twenty four runtime, right? So it's like, oh yeah, fucking hell. It's like you know what? Sometimes it comes down to practicality. It was like. We can fit this in on a weeknight, you know. Um, and yeah, it haunted me. It really, it really haunted me. Um, I think, um, and also, I didn't realise the semi sort of connection from it. Loads of my relatives are from the Isle of Lewis. Um, like my grandmother, who I never met, was from there. And it was pretty wild, like visiting there, like how remote and, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of um, breaking the waves is set there. The Lars von Trier films, a lot of religious connotations on that island. So like, I, I didn't really know at the time, but um, I was walking into something that was slightly close to home in some of my roots. But um, I think... You know, there's a type of horror film, they're still making them now. If you look at sort of hereditary and stuff like that, where there was never a different outcome in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, I felt about the wick, what haunts me about the wicker man is as soon as that seaplane lands, mm. he was fucked pretty yeah. much. Right. It's like is that fate, fair? Is it? that fair? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was all part of the master plan and you know, hereditary kind of does that. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I find that really haunting. And I think that's one of the, and uh, along with, you know, basically I'll end it there. And, you know, I, I, it's not, it's not particularly close to me. It had an impact on me. I think it's an excellent piece of filmmaking and it's, it's, it is haunting. It's chilling. Um, and one of the other lads who lived in that house, shout out to mate Cole, one of my oldest friends, he, it, you know, when you just get, he'd always just do, Jesus Christ! Oh, Jesus Christ, no! And, I, and I, I'm like, it sends shivers down my spine because I'm like, oh my God, that's the moment he realised his fate. Like, he knew it because at the time, like, even when he's sort of getting led up, he's like, I wonder what's going to happen, you know? You know what I mean? And then, like, when you finally see it, Jesus Christ! It fucking really scars me and he and he does this excellent impression and we'd be like, you know, walking he down. Had lived, you know, he ad-libbed all of that. Well, and I he can, said, I can believe I, it, you know, it's, it's really, it's really quite um, disturbing, isn't it? So we'll be walking down the pub pissed and he'll be like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. And I'll be like, fuck off. Um, <laughs> so that's sort of its legacy in, in my life. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, not, not, not one of my movies like it is you, Curry, um, but obviously, you know, undeniably, uh, you know, special in the in the history of cinema. Edward Woodward said when he was doing that scene, he was just getting rained on with urine because all the animals were scared so much. OK, Joe, let's uh, go to you. Now, I'm interested to know what you think about this film. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'd never seen it before this. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought, I thought we'd watched it together, Joe. Why did <laughs> I think that? Well, he, well, he forgot about it. <laughs> did you hold hands? I what was that about? I don't think, I don't think so. Look, Joe's, I react, Joe's reaction then, he just looked at John and was like, scared. Might be true, but might I forgot true, about it. Could it could be true. Um, I think I'd remember having watched this film. I rem- I've, I've, I know, I'm aware of the ending, right? As a film fan uh, who has watched like, you know, fucking 100 greatest movie moments and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's it's up there. I definitely am very familiar with it. I'm, you know, with that ending especially, I'm sure it has been um, parodied in The Simpsons or many things like ever since. And, and I understand that reference and I always knew the way that the film uh, ends. Um, 
But I'd never, I don't think I had ever watched it all the way through. Uh, and it was, it was nice to watch. It was good. Um, I was cracking up the whole way through, you know, because, because you know, it's the, the fate of this guy is just so, it's just fucked. And, and, and there, there are so many moments where, like, you know, where he, um, that just had me cracking up, like, with laughter, where he digs up the, the grave. What's the girl called? Rowan Morrison. Rowan. Rowan, Rowan, Rowan. Say, yeah. say, didn't didn't really understand what you yeah, said. Yeah, didn't, didn't understand. Yeah, um, <laughs> Rowan, where, where he digs up her grave, and then there's the hair in there, um, and and the guy, the the man who has dug dug up the grave with him, just starts laughing. I can't help but just sort of laugh. Where you're just like, mate, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, <laughs> what are you? Do- what are you still doing there? Go for backup now. Like clearly, something fucking mental's going on here. And you're Get still the fuck there. Get out of there, mate. You idiot. You idiot. What are you still doing there? Yeah, but he's um, an old... Is it because he's like an old school constable man? Yeah, he's old he school. believes man. he's got authority. And, and he's got his... Um, he's, he's a strong... Uh, he's got he's a Christian, isn't he? And, uh, I've, yeah, got, yeah. I've got something to oh, say so, about that. Yeah, I've got something to say about that, actually. The, the funniest hey, I've thing... I've got something to say about that. I've got something to say. What I can't help shaking uh, today is, is the idea that... Um, like if I don't know what kind of moral this sends out, really, but if he just shagged the landlord's daughter, he would have been let go, right? Because he's no longer a virgin. <laughs> That's so like, true. And she offered herself to him, like pretty with song, with song, with as song. Well. Yeah. Um, and he turns that down. And 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 you know, that that is a bit odd, isn't it? I mean. What would, he, hap- what would have happened? Like, were they really that confident that he wouldn't do that? Do you know what I mean, Curry? Like, do you know, it's, it's a flaw in the plan, isn't it? Listen, man, I'm just keep, the image of Brit Eckland in my head. Not her, but that's a body double in the film, though, which is gutting. But that image of Brit Eckland and that song, Willow song. Uh, I don't know. What's the question? It keeps that, that's what keeps you. <laughs> that's what keeps you warm at night, is it, Curry? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Joe, just to sum up, then you didn't hate it. Oh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was good. Beautiful. I, I, I liked it a lot, and and um, it's it's very you know like watching um, Midsummer relatively recently. Yes, like, that, what, that's like that's a, definitely a ref- ago, uh, definitely uh, influenced, yeah. isn't it? I, I mean, <laughs> astonishingly so. Yeah, heavily heavily influenced. Um, Joe, can I just ask you a question, mate? You'd never seen this film. Um, had you seen? Uh, the Nicolas Cage remake that we're doing next episode. I had, I have not, I have not. Oh, okay. I, you know, I, I wouldn't no, have put it past you to watch that. <laughs> as notorious as it is, I have not seen the Nicolas Cage. Okay, uh, I, listen, just, I just thought listen. it was very possible you'd watch that instead. Sorry, mate. keep on the straight and narrow. We don't mention the evil twin in this episode. John, what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I really like it a lot. Like it's haunting is the right word for it. I think like I. It was quite nostalgic watching it as well because I went back and dusted off the old DVD that I've got of this. I've had for I haven't, probably haven't watched it for like I don't know sixteen years or something. I don't know a long time. Which cut? Um, which which cut? Is I was going to say John. So well, which cut I well this is it's got the um, regular and what I think they call a director's cut, which is like yeah. twelve minutes longer or something. Yeah, yeah. So I know you said we were all doing it on the final cut or whatever. I've watched the original. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I, sh- I, I sweated a bit when you mentioned that curry as well. I was like, oh, we um, didn't even know it sorry, existed. Sorry to let everyone down, but um, yeah. So I think like rewatching this. What I was so I've 
always had or grown to have like a deep distrust of anyone when you're faced with a complex problem, they just seem to have the answer, right? Like there's no the answer in a second. And now we've got a one sentence answer. Like those people are either a liar or an idiot, right? Surely. So Lord Samurai was that, right? Here's the, here's the complex problem. The apples are not, have, uh, the harvest is bad and it's all cocked up. And now, oh, we've got the answer. We're going to kill someone. Um, and it's all going to be, and it's all going to work. And I think there's really strong parallels with, like it stays relevant because like, that's what Donald Trump is, right? That's what Boris Johnson is. They're exactly that. They, there's populist crap that just tell you, oh, this simple answer and now everything's going to be perfect. And then people go along with that because they want to believe, right? They want to believe it's better. And that's what the people on Summer Isle are. But love the thing, this, with, the, the thing with the cop is interesting because like he goes along with it and it's like, yeah, get out of there, get out of there. But that's interesting because he's like the voice of reason who's trying to fight against the populism with facts and concrete evidence. But they're all like, get lost. You're an idiot. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're the one that's wrong because you don't believe in what we're believing. So, and, and the cop as well. I don't like the cop either. I don't like anyone in the film, but you like him because he works on facts rather than just like some weird promise. But he's not, he's not he's not interesting is he he's like the straightest cop on earth mm. and he himself is like really religious like so but he seems to be more trustworthy because you know he's working on facts um so yeah i think it's a really interesting look at just humanity from that level of wanting to believe things will be better and following the snake oil salesman because they're telling you it's going to be better so it's like a timeless story it's proved itself to be a timeless story that it reflects our society 50 years later, just as well as it did 50 years uh, when it was released. I really like that as well, because I'm, read, I'm reading up a lot, um, you know, at the moment about about receiving information. Do you know what I mean? And obviously in the, you know, the internet world, it's that the... Um, anyone can have an opinion and everyone can get it, can get uh, its reach. Do you know what I mean? So obviously mm. the, the people, they're just receiving their information in one way and that's all it takes really. Do you know what I mean? Cause people aren't, people are limiting how they're receiving the information, which is why things like, you know, Trump rallies and Brexit um, can be a success. So I didn't make that connection whatsoever, but I find it quite interesting, John boy. Final shout for me on the soundtrack. The soundtrack was written by a band called Magnet, um, headed up by a chap called Paul Giovanni, who only really did this soundtrack and then died. Uh, and the soundtrack just been rediscovered about 10 years ago, probably one of the greatest soundtracks ever. He's in another band called Sideshow. If you want to check out that and you love the soundtrack, it's worth digging out. Paul Giovanni. Right. Let's cut to it. Well, it's got an ending that we all remember, isn't it? The Wicker Man. So if you if you could if you want to start de-aging Woodward, Woodward you know <laughs> look there's one thing I want to say about the ending actually I I loved I loved the way that it just it just goes it, you know like so you see him burning right and they're beautiful, all dancing beautiful he uh, needed to burn uh, and then and then it just goes to um like sun is it sunset that I guess it is yeah, um, yeah. it just goes to sunset and then and then like credits roll immediately beautiful beautiful um, yeah. It, yeah I like I like the way it doesn't it doesn't try to like i don't know it doesn't need to linger on it and it doesn't need to like you know, that's the final word it's just him screaming no, exactly yeah. I, lo I love um well it's a full stop isn't it do you know what i mean i, I love endings like that and that's and I, 
Ari Aster, right? Ari Aster's definitely both his both his movies have definitely got that feeling of that full stop cut to black. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I, I actually like the full stop as a visual symbol as well because the sun is like a visual full stop as well. It's, it's little, circ- I see what you're saying. It's, circ- yeah. it's, it's circ- a circle. It's a circle. <laughs> it's a circle. <laughs> <laughs> you all think it's a full stop, but, but Joe's got something to say on that. Yeah, look, I think I think this is a fairly straightforward sequel, to be honest. Um, I think, uh, look, I've got an idea. Do you want to hear it? Does, any, does I anyone? Do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, look, it's not very original. That's the problem. So let's work on this. But I, I like the idea of um, some time has passed. Um, a journalist um, or private investigator, right? Someone, a, a, I think journalist, a journalist. First, has, first has question, be- um, short amount of time. So we're setting it later in the seventies or long amount of time. We're setting it present day. I thought somewhere in between, to be honest, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought we would set it in the nineties. Okay, fine. Um, before like early nineties before, uh, the internet age, are we calling it the internet age? Yeah. Uh, before, before like, yeah, you know, so, so there, there's still, cause what I love about the movie, the first film is that they are, you know, genuinely cut off. Yes. Right. There is no, way of um sending for help apart from to fly fly out or to um swim i guess back to mainland <laughs> swim God. Uh, or, or mind you with fairness if you're desperate enough and well, this there's, is there's this that, is pretty that, desperate yeah um, there's that great there's that great bit where he says or, or you know he can give you a lift on the boat back to mainland and you'll be back in a week and he starts laughing and you're like Ooh. um that's horrible so i like the idea of setting it in the the 90s um and keep it kind of like lo-fi and kind of like uh you know shitty looking uh which i i I think this the first one is like you know it looks it looks bleak it looks bleak um, shitty and, looking well like lo-fi you know it looks it looks, it looks budget. beautiful it looks beautiful I know what you're saying though I, I I understand what you're saying but it's it looks like um, it doesn't feel big budget uh, cinema okay John thoughts um, well let me comment on that but first can I just say what my very different idea was that I think is going to things going to fly with you Curry which is so at the end he's he says that he's going to be reincarnated and they're like no you're not you're going to be reincarnated in as the apples and like how about he literally does get reincarnated in the apples right so like every apple that they harvest now from his ashes having been spread over the land has his face on it and then whenever whenever anyone tries to go bite an apple his face bites them and then no one wants to buy the apples and then the island dies of economic oh, collapse no, no. each time each time someone bites into the apple the the apple screams jesus christ no no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. Oh, like, there's, yeah, well, this, no, there's a little face in the apple as it's being raised to a mouth, and every apple just has to go through it time and that's time actually, again. That's actually a pretty good idea. And then people think that it's some sort of Christian sign. So now loads of Christians come to the island as a pilgrimage, and it wipes out their pagan culture. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> um, I. Um, but but so how how do you think about that idea, Curry? Do you think that's a good one for Wicker Man too? The, the apple- I, expe- I expected less from you, so I'm happy. Go on now. Also, we, do we need to make a mention of? Am I mistaken, or is there? Uh, is this one of the few examples of a roller coaster sequel? Exists exists in no in Alton Towers. Didn't they name a ride the the um, Alton Towers, the Wicker Man? I've never like, heard of that. Is that we have to get have can to get a fact check on that. Everyone, everyone at the top goes, "Oh God! Oh Jesus Christ! No!" Can someone Google that? They made a wooden roller coaster. I thought it was called the Wicker Man. You're absolutely yeah, right. You're absolutely right. There is a there is a Wicker Man roller coaster ride at, at Alton Towers, which is the UK's first new wooden coaster. 
Don't you um, think it's really interesting that they Alton Towers was so fresh out of ideas that they said, let's make it all wooden as if the rider <laughs> is going to give a fucking yeah. shit ha- about what it's made Brexit. of. Steel is too expensive now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, they did this massive thing and it was all called the Wicker Man. Um, so it, it, cost, it cost £16 million to build this fucker. <laughs> this fucker? I know a guy could have done it for under a quid. <laughs> Al, is this your sequel idea? No, We're going my, to no. okay, okay, so there, that, this was the list. The last list I got was bang, cut in, burning wicker man. Um, everyone's dancing around it. Reed, 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 reed. Couple of fire engine uh, helicopters straight in, put it out. <laughs> <laughs> put, it, put it out straight away. Or either that or big wave. That was my other idea. Tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, man, he's burning. That's pretty funny. I think when, after the oh, oh, gets out, you're oh, coming with me, son. Oh, That's no. pretty funny. Big wave. Big um, wave. We should have we should have done it so close Listen, to the if, cliff edge. If, if I could steer the ship, which which I think we need to, I just want to add on to Joe's. I think Joe's got a great shout. Joe, could we throw in an illegal rave? on Summer Isle and get people over to the island on the premise of that and it could all revolve around a very Virginia girl almost like pre-Burning Man where there's an effigy that they're all raving around which will ultimately contain the sacrifice I mean, at the it, end. It fits pretty nicely with my setting it in the early 90s. I was going to say that. So it's Pill City, Ebenezer Good on repeat and um, I do, I think this is, with developing a sequel that you would, would make you cry, Curry. But um, let's. Well, I know you like. I know you like a rave, mate. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, the, the journalist it is going to be like... played by Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Holt. It's going to be uh, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, good. But the, the only thing I'm going to say is, guys, it's very similar to the Deliverance idea we had, which was our other early seventies. Uh, Put an illegal in, rave in did it. That though. have an illegal rave in no. it. Yeah, <laughs> That was, the, that, that was so. That was set uh, uh, like basically at the time, though, wasn't it? That was set. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was a journal. Wasn't there a journalist going to see about oh, yeah. a, a missing, yeah, yeah. a missing? There was a, a series of missing people, and one of them was the guy they killed. Uh, Let's keep it simple. Well, there's, a tel- there's a telephone. Just get rid uh, of the journalist and just do the illegal rave. That, is well, that, is that, well, on, we, we can blend some of these ideas. So we'll make it a religious pilgrim, a Christian pilgrim who's come because he's seen a face of Jesus in an apple. So we're getting all the ideas in. Then we get the illegal rave in and then they see the illegal raves there and they're like, oh, it's not really a Christian thing to do, but I'll do it. And his face, and is, then, on the, his face is on the ecstasy yeah, as well. And then, and then there's a big <laughs> siren that goes off, tsunami warning. Yeah, okay. Again, okay. again, again Really good ideas, everyone. All right. What I just think is that the way you advertise raves in the 90s was flyers. Flyers were simple. All they had was a phone number. And I think the flyer will be the Summer Isle logo of the sun with a phone number underneath it. You call up, it's an answer phone message, come over to the island for a party. That's how you pull people in. And these flyers might have been given out at the end of a rave so that they go to an illegal rave. Someone gives them a flyer. This is is glorious stuff. It's quite cool. And I've got the director as well already. I know I'm going in early. This is a Danny Boyle movie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like Danny Boyle, tre- uh, like blending the beach and train spotting almost. And um, we get Danny Boyle throwing all his, going, you know, all his 90s cinema making know-how into this illegal rave on the aisle. Um, I'm, I think we ditch the journalists personally at this yeah, stage. I, and, and, I our, and, our, and our leads are a group of mainland ravers. Exactly. Exactly that. And also... If they're giving out the flyer at the end, it's going to be one of those things. It's not going to be an easy one. They have to crack the code, and the code releases the island and the address. So many the flyers oh, are given good. out, but, but no one can get it. 
So they've actually, these guys, these five people crack the code and therefore they go to the island. Yeah, wicked. Joe. Wicked. So once they get there, I, I guess think it turns out not to be such a great rave, right? It's it's actually the, <laughs> the, um, it's similar to the first movie that they've, they've been lured over there for a, a, yeah. a mass sacrifice, haven't they? Absolutely. But one in particular, one of the group will have been targeted specifically. That's, it's no coincidence that they crack it. It's no coincidence that this girl or boy goes over there because she's Virginia and she's just trying to have a good time. So, so she, she so was she's targeted like in ge- the rave by someone. She's our uh, Neve Campbell, Sydney Prescott, uh, uh, Jamie, yeah. Jamie, Lee yeah. Kurt, Jamie Lee Curtis, Florence Pugh. Exactly. Florence exactly. Pugh this kind group of, of people that are going over, what are they, mainland Scots? Can they be like just like, like you know... Glaswegians who are just like loving the loving every Friday and Saturday night well, out. Think Shallow Grave, exactly fifty tinnies. Yeah, yeah Shallow so, Grave. Yeah. Think you, McGregor, and Shallow Grave. Spon- yeah, exactly. This is, it's it's full Danny Boyle in the nineties, and um, they're just raw Glaswegians. Exactly. Yeah. And um, we, you know, we have the we have a tie in with with tenets. And um, <laughs> and some and and we put we put and we put Edward Wood Edward Wood 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 Edward Woodward's face on some ecstasy pills. Get them selling on the black market as well. Woodwards <laughs> have a Woodward. That's a great idea. Hey, yeah, you got any Woodwards? Um, so love that. We, um, and obviously the soundtrack will be fucking banging. Yeah. Uh, and that's suddenly like that's a cult vinyl that everyone's playing in all the clubs 90s Definitely. throw 90s throwback teaser posters that are just like the flyer actually start chucking them out into nightclubs it's selling itself guys exactly bicep could do the album exactly that yeah exactly nice okay so that's a lovely idea for a premise let's start talking some cast so joe mentioned it first who's going to be queen of the island yeah yeah don't yeah. say tilda swinton it's tilda swinton It's got to be. It's got to be. be. We cast her in everything. It's got to be her. No, it doesn't. It's too, it's just, I mean, I know there's the Danny Boyle connection where she plays the exact same character. Well, she's Scottish, (laughs) right? Um, I wish, I didn't know she was, I feel like I've never heard her with a Scottish accent. Is she definitely full Scott? I I don't know what percent she is. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I'm not sure if she's um, half and half or, or, but uh, I I think she would, I think she would classify herself as a Scottish person. Yeah. I just, for some reason, I don't associate it. It's just because she's always putting on this kind of voice. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. How Um, old would you think Tilda Swinton is? How old? Yeah. 57. Older. That's old, mate. Oh God! Sorry to all the fifty-seven years old. But you are old. Tilda Swinton, sixty, and she looks what? unbelievable. What? Unbelievable! I know. So, um, okay, you, we can't have Swinton in Joe. We can't do it. Okay, who else then? Greta Gerwig. Uh, the direct, the direct. Yeah, have you ever seen her in Francis Ha? She's quirky. She's a little bit off key. The direct. For, are, well. are we looking for someone a bit older for like the Queen of the Island? Yeah, I guess so. Right. I mean, Greta Gerwig to Tilda Swinton is quite an age gap. Well, yeah, that's not a bad shout. Um, I don't understand why we are throwing Tilda Swinton out of this. 
Because we cast her and everything. Well, we it's, just, it's, just a bit, it's a bit predictable, but at the same time, yeah. come up with a better idea. The only other actor, Scottish actor, not the only other Scottish actor. doesn't have to be Scottish. The only other Scottish actor. <laughs> no, in I, the, the, world. No, the one that, throw, that went straight into my mind for some sort of role is an actress I really like who was in Train Spotting um, and No Country for All Men and is still working a lot. It's Kelly MacDonald. She's excellent. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, she could, she could. Um, Good Boyle connection fit in somewhere and might be a little less predictable than Tilda Swinton. You know what I mean? Like she runs, she runs the pub or something like that, and she's sort of hiding in plain sight yeah. as the queen rather than literally just a bald, well, a bald gonna... Tilda Swinton on the top of a hill. <laughs> a bald, <laughs> bald. I don't know. I threw that in because I could just imagine her being, you know, just imagine her bald. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I've watched Marvel recently. She's bald in that. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so okay, McDonald. That's not a bad shout. Joe, you're not happy. No, but you know, you, you, I think it's fine. Sure, fine. Um, I think the Queen, by the way, the Queen of the, what are we calling her? Queen of the Bay. Queen of the May, isn't it? It's May, May Day, isn't it? May Queen. May, May Queen. Queen. Um, I think. Um, should we have her turn out to be Rowan Morrison? Lovely. Great shout. Rowan's alive. Of course she is. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. All right, cool. The successor. Okay. Accepted. Tick. Next one. I want a landlord, <laughs> a landlord of the pub. In the original, we had McGregor. So, uh, and we had, oh, hang on. Uh, is Brit still alive? Well, I don't know. What, what you're going to get her back as the person that... We could have Brit back people. Running, running the pub because she's a landlord's daughter. So now she's the landlady. Tick. Next. Um, <laughs> well, Gerard, Gerard Butler, can he go in? Tick. Oh, Next. definitely. Can yeah. we have him knifing someone? Because that's all he does in those um, Has Fallen movies. He just loves a knife. What's the other uh, What's the other guy that he's in The Vanishing with? What's that guy called? Oh, the, like, that was the other Lighthouse film, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Defoe. Oh, that was a good film, though. Um yeah, we're talking about the other one. No, we're not talking, talking about, about the Pattinson. good one. We're not talking about the uh, the lighthouse. We're talking about no, the no. Van- Curry likes Curry likes. No, the, I like the, the other film. Yeah, yeah. I like oh. the vanishing. That's Ooh, good. That's wow. Didn't expect you to say that. Okay. And actually, there's a young uh, who's the young boy in it in that film who who is Scottish uh, who is in Sex Education. Um, oh, Connor Swindles, Donald. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't it? Oh, this is getting messy in it now. Blue, just listing Peter like, Mullen. Peter Mullen's the guy you're thinking of. From uh, that's a great shout. He's Mother Superior, mate. So there's the Danny Boyle connection. Great uh, shout. <laughs> it's bang on. Yeah, yeah, but again, unbelievably like Tilda Swinton and Peter Mullen. Like this. We're is not ob- putting in Swinton. Swinton's Predi- out. It's predictable casting. Well, All come right. on. We haven't we haven't put you and McGregor in it yet. <laughs> well, give us a. Oh, you and McGregor, great shout. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I just had one of the brainwave about director just because yeah. I'm a big fan of hers is Danny Boyle. I think we'll go Danny Boyle, but I'm, I like Lynn Ramsey for this. She's an excellent. That's a much better shout. Excellent. She did Tyrannosaur, right? No, that was Paddy Constantine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, she did Tyrannosaur, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> she did. She did. She you were rap- never really here. No, no. That's what, it. What, yeah, what was, yeah you never really here. Rat, yeah. uh, one of uh, one of her early films, Rat Catcher, is an excellent. Yeah, we Scottish need to movie. talk about Kevin Til- Tilda Connection. Um, there you go. Small, small, right, small industry, John, Joe. John, you wanna? You're up on cast. Give me the raver who is targeted to die. 
to Justin Bieber. <laughs> Sophie, so we don't like what to about, what's, what's her name? Game of Thrones. Sophie Turner or whatever her name. Is. How no, about no, how mate, about it would be James nice. Franco or Dave Franco? Because James Franco's in the Nicolas Cage one. Always comes back is to he? those guys with you. Yeah, have you not seen it? He's at, he's in at the very end. Wow. She, it, okay, it's a good shout, John. You, you, this episode, you are on fire. Terrible shout. <laughs> Justin Bieber and Dave Franco. Um, Did you? <laughs> look, just, just to round off the Game of Thrones point, surely you go with the Scottish one, which is Maisie Williams. Yes, fine. Apologies, great apologies. okay. I thought That's she... a great shout to everything so far, because I want to get off cast. What's it called? The Wicker it is, People. It is not called The Wicker Man 2. No. Uh, I think it's called, like... Um, May Queen, the Wicker Raid, something like Queen Queen. Why are we calling it May Queen? I think it's Queen of the Bay that they mention in the film, in the first film. There's a Queen of the Bay, and then there's a Queen of the Crop. I think um, there's a couple of queens mentioned uh, in the in the first film. Let's get okay. Rave in the title, Rave Island. Well, I was going to say it does. You almost well, like Midsummer did that, didn't it? It, it was you're suggesting the film through the actual event so you could do that yeah we're doing that with the term rave island as well what, what, wiktasia something like that <laughs> wiktasia <laughs> um, rave that's... island sounds a bit more like um like a that's like it a, rave island like a boom house horror film um not not quite well that, that 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 means universe. it's mar- so that means it's mar- about... marketable what about to call it summer isle because that's what it is Oh, is that, what, is that why you came up with that one? Um, <laughs> thanks for explaining it. <laughs> just in case you didn't know, oh, listeners. Oh, so uh, Island's fine, isn't it? Because that just gives nothing away, you bellend. But Summer Isle. Return to Summer Isle. Well, that's your fucking Famous Five. <laughs> famous Five. Little, another little age giveaway there. So, Summer Isle. Isle. Why are we not going with Summer All Isle? All right, Summer Isle then. Not, as, not as good as Rave Isle. It's, it isn't as good, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. Let's run, let's move on. I don't want to get upset about it. Sorry. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny Boyle's going to direct it, right? No, I Lin, want to hear no, this. Lynn Ram- want... Lin Ramsey. Which one are we going with? I prefer Lynn Ramsey. I think. I mean, you know, do we do we want do we, if we want to get paid, you go with Danny Boyle, uh, and if you want to make a good film, you go with Lynn Ramsey. <laughs> I want to get paid personally. Right. I want to get paid too. I mean, you know, we're, we're, hold we're, up, Danny. We're, 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 I love the other option. The other option was make a good film, and you both you both immediately turned that down. <laughs> okay, fine. I want to hear this pitch, and I want to know who's going to sell it. Well, all I'm saying is over. It's Ebenezer Good over the. Uh, over the opening, over, 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 over the opening logos. Don't fall out over. All right, okay, all right, okay. Who's doing it? You, I uh, think. I, I was expecting Curry to do it. To be honest. All right, I'll I'll take this one for the team. Oh, fun. Okay, so opens up film, huge warehouse rave, absolutely lights crashing, everyone going for it. Drone shot over to this amazing party with a warehouse pumping. Camera goes into the party. Classic 90s rave. No phones in sight. Everyone having a good time. Chins on the floor. Lasers going everywhere. White gloves and glow sticks. Everyone's happy. What's the, what's and, the, what's the song? Oh, it's going to be LFO, LFO. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, so um, everyone's going for it. 
And then so someone going around the, around the crowd giving out flyers because you always give out flyers at the end. So there's flyers getting there's flyers getting passed anywhere, and then you just see the camera pans down, and one is just a red card with a sun on it, with the Summer Isle logo on it, and a number underneath it. Now no one thinks anything of this, and the five friends, the sun's coming up in the morning. They're all coming down. Someone rolls a reefer. They jump into the um, Peugeot two hundred five GTI and they go back home. <laughs> they call up. <laughs> The next day, they're going for the flyers that they've got, these five students that live together in a house, and they're going through the flyers that they've got, and they call up the number, and there's this cryptic clue on the end of it, and they start, what's this, what's this mean, what's this mean? No, someone says, oh, I recognise that, I recognise that. This is a game I used to play when I was a child. Hang on, pass the pad. So they, they write down all of, these sort of, all of these notes, and it turns out the notes are coordinates and a date. And so like, right, right, we cracked it. The date is coming up in two weeks' time. Anyway, they, the date is up in Scotland, they go over to the island and they are greeted as welcome heroes coming and there's a big celebration. You did it. All the villagers are there, all in their gear. There's bunting everywhere. You know, it's like a festival that's going on. They notice there aren't too many people about, but because they're welcomed as heroes, because they've cracked the code, they're in for a special party, they're going for it. So they all start settling in, but something's a bit on edge. They're into the local pub. There's Britt Eklund behind the bar. Oh, darling, I'm happy. So rave music playing everywhere. It's all going off. And they start walking around the island and they're noticing that everyone's getting ready, but no one's really talking to them, which is a bit weird. Everyone's getting dressed and everyone's getting ready. Oh, it's the big celebration site. It's a big party. It's the big rave. Eh, got any Woodwoods? Yeah, I'll have one of them, mate. Yeah, nice one. Cheers. (laughs) So the night goes down. Anyway, the, the girl in the group is slowly targeted by all of the young suitors in town, all trying to make her come on to her, and they're sort of doing a little bit of dancing, doing a little bit of raving in front of her. She's having none of it. She's Virginia. She doesn't want to lose her virginity on an island in Scotland. She's tempted <laughs> by the good-looking guy from behind the bar in the pub. He's French. He can't get into her anywhere at all. He's she's French. having none of it. Yeah, why not? So they go to the rave, and so she's turned down, like Britt Eklund in the first one, she's turned down the landlord's son. So she goes to the rave, by this point, it, she's the only girl in the group because all of her other four student mates that live with her are all off their heads on Woodwards. And they're just seeing everything. And you see it from a camera perspective of everyone on this, this new wonder drug. And you're seeing people, but saints and demons and spirits. And, and it's just like a whole utopia craziness of sacrifice. And she's ushered into the big effigy right in the middle. And she can't stop it. And as the lasers go, boom, the effigy goes, bang, and she goes up in flames. And that's the wicked uh, samurai. Wow, I don't know what to say. I've, I am confused and in love. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's beautiful. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right. Well, look, there you go, guys. Uh, that was too much of me for this episode. So thank you for bearing with it. That was the first of our sequels of our double impact feature. In our next episode, we will be reviewing. I can't believe I'm going to say this. The Nicolas Cage remake of The Wicker Man. We'll be creating a sequel. How will that fare up? Awesome. Uh, Awesome. Well, anyway, guys, what would you have done differently? Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for hearing us. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Cheers, guys.